Te presentamos a Daniela. A ella nada le sorprende. Siempre estoy lista para lo que venga. Por eso... Este año fui a Walmart a comprar todo para combatir mis alergias antes que comience la temporada de alergias. Claro, porque Walmart tiene... Productos de alta calidad para las alergias como descongestionantes, sprays nasales, antihistamínicos y más. Y a precios muy buenos. ¿Y sabías que también tiene pickup y delivery? Daniela, ¿te sorprendiste? ¿Yo? No, ¿qué va? Claro que sabía que Walmart tiene pickup y delivery. <risa> Bienvenido a una farmacia más simple. Bienvenido a tu Walmart. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Dhamini and I'm the host of Gender Question. In this season, I'll be getting up close and personal on issues that really matter. Our gender and sexuality that are so central to who we are. The island nation of Sri Lanka is facing its worst economic crisis since its independence in 1948. And while the problem lies in the economic and policy decisions that have been taken by successive governments over these years, it was only towards the end of March that the world began to wake up to the trouble brewing in that country. Hit by a shortage of everything from paper to fuel to medicine, common people took to the streets in protest in early april most of the cabinet resigned gotabaya rajapaksa remains the president of the country even as protesters to this day call for his ouster when the protests turned violent uh, mahinda rajapaksa resigned from the prime minister's post and ranil vikramasinghe who has held this post before was sworn in The root cause of the country's economic problem is its inability to pay back its debt which runs to trillions of dollars because its foreign reserves are at an all-time low. But what exactly does this mean? Who does it affect the most? And how are those who are affected living right now? Women form the core labor of some of the biggest sectors of Sri Lanka's economy. That includes tea plantation and garment making. They are also a large part of the migrant labor that goes to other countries to work feminist economists in sri lanka are concerned that even as the country finds its way back most likely through a debt restructuring arrangement with the international monetary fund and other lenders it will be women who will still bear the brunt because social spending will get hit but that's just one part of it to understand the situation on ground i spoke to sarla emmanuel a development practitioner and researcher based in Batikaloa in eastern Sri Lanka. Sarla is associated with a women's rights group called Surya Women's Development Center. She works on issues of food security and reproductive health care for rural women and women who are part of the informal workforce among several other marginalized groups. The first time I spoke to Sarla was at the start of April when large parts of the country were facing long power cuts as the government supply of fuel was running low. Sarla and I spoke a few times in the past couple of months. What you will be hearing today is a combination of that conversation. Early on in April, a group of feminists came out with a statement that presented a succinct analysis of the unfolding humanitarian crisis, and they also drew attention to some of the ways in which this crisis can be addressed. These suggestions were both long-term and short-term. 
Sarla, in fact, was one of the signatories of this statement. Okay, so uh, Sarla, if you could just tell us a little bit about, you know, what is happening on the ground right now. Um, I think I would um, maybe share some of the conversations I have been a part of, part of in this week. So one was a group, uh, a kind of a discussion with many of the village um, women's groups who came together um, uh, in Batiklo, and we just first started sharing what their experiences have been in the past so many weeks. Um, and I think for a lot of them, the reality is um, dealing with the, the rising costs of basic food um, supplies and then in addition, kerosene and gas for cooking um, and also dealing with the power cuts. And then uh, a little bit beyond that is the, the petrol, transport, etc. cetera. Uh, women have cut down on meals. Um, have tried to cut down on nutritious food. Um, and uh, milk is a huge um, problem because uh, Sri Lanka has not had a domestic milk um, production uh, kind of a, um, strongly and we always imported and we all grew up on powdered milk. Um, so, for, and the, the domestic production cannot match the demand. Um, so children are not having milk. So the other thing many were sh many women were sharing was the scarcity of medicines, um, especially the women living with disabilities. So going to the clinics is now not an option because the transport costs are too much because they cannot. Uh, I mean, public transport has also increased, but usually they have to take um, three wheelers, especially because of uh, when, it's, when, when you're disabled, it's hard to navigate the public transport system. Sarala, tell me, are, are, there some, are there some parts of the country that are more disproportionately affected than others? Are there some groups of people that are more disproportionately affected than others? Um, I think in terms of parts of the country, it, it is... Um, um, I think the immediate impact has been felt in the urban poor communities from what I have seen also on social media, where I, I live is quite rural. So the, and it's also, I think it's coming in waves, the shortages. So you first felt it in the urban cities. Um, and also because people have no access to land, um, there are no, there's no practices of growing even some basic vegetables, etc. Uh, and you are fully dependent on electricity, on, on gas, like you have no space. And so I think the women in, in urban settings was really struggling. Uh, and But now it's coming because the scarcities are now reaching, uh, like, you know, basically stocks are running out. Mm. And another group I work closely with, uh, for example, a trans woman, uh, she was saying that the, the hormonal tablets, again, which is imported the prices are rising exponentially and these kinds of uh, medicines are not going to be seen as essential um, so for her it is but you know if a country is prioritizing the country is not going to prioritize uh, hormonal tablets or even I worry even reproductive health care may not be prioritized mm. and so these are the different kinds of impacts the um, socioeconomic impact of this current kind of global um, 
markets, let's say, has been uh, around for a while. Um, the exploitation in that, because Sri Lanka is primarily dependent on uh, women's labor. So we have the tea exports, which mostly is, is like women working in very, very um, hard conditions with uh, a lot of labor rights violations and other kinds of exploitation as well. Garments industries, you know, globally, the uh, how the garments industries also uh, work. And then the third one being migrant labor, women going to West Asia as domestic workers. So this has been what has been bringing the foreign um, exchange, foreign currency into the country. So we are very dependent on women's labor. However, in terms of labor rights, um, especially for the women who uh, these these three sectors are, are are not informal sector uh, or i think it's it's quite um, let's say it's a gray area for example a migrant worker working in west asia has no labor rights there either mm. but in terms of women um, uh, in the rural economy or women are mostly in the informal economy in sri lanka and we have been working for labor rights for women for everyone in the informal economy for years even decades mm. uh, and that's a global struggle yes so some of the impacts of this current economic model is not specific to sri lanka is and and the thing is this this demand to kind of uh, focus on labor rights on women's care work etc has uh, it's it's a very uh, it's a long struggle let's say so that's the yes. backdrop Right. And the, uh, statement, and the statement specifically also makes some uh, sort of demands in terms of what needs to be done when it comes yeah. to tackling precisely because women, you're centering women at this sort of, you know, at the very sort of eye of the storm of this crisis. And so therefore, yeah. based around that, you're also making these specific demands about how uh, the situation can be improved or well, yeah. further disaster can be averted. Uh, could you walk us through maybe, um, you know, some of the, um, you started by talking a little bit about how women are more disproportionately affected. You're talking about the kind of women who are specifically dis disproportionately affected. Could you tell us a little bit more, um, you know, of the sort of uh, interventions that the government could make, which currently aren't existing? I think since the end of the war, which was in 2009, there has been the government has been borrowing uh, externally, uh, and it has even in the model of a capitalist economy, it has not been sustainable. So the whole discourse around debt restructuring is that, and currently, basically, Sri Lanka has no foreign reserves, um, so we cannot uh, repay our, our debts which are coming up. And even if there's foreign currency coming in, it's just it's going to just get drained out. So without foreign reserves, we can't import essential food items. We can't pay for the gas. We can't pay for the oil. So that's why currently we are in this in this mess. So some of us knew each other from before. And this crisis was, I think, in the COVID time also we raised similar issues in terms of differentiated impact on women and the need for social security. Um, and my work primarily has also focused on the importance of social security, especially for women. Sri yeah. Lanka has a couple yeah. of schemes, but you know, following the global kind of push, uh, World Bank and other 
so-called think tanks. It's it the whole discourse is moved has been to target, target efficiency, target. Those are like the words get get thrown at you, literally, which means you can't even if you're poor numbers are increasing, you can't uh, extend the program, and you also have to keep cutting down. 10%, 10% almost every year, right? So that's the model of the social security program. So some of us had been talking about these issues uh, in terms of how to support domestic production in agriculture, how to uh, lobby for better social security programs, etc. And so we started meeting to discuss the current economic crisis um, and whether we can put forward um, a different perspective almost which is centered around women and also which is moving away from the analysis that was existing which was um, uh, kind of economic analysis in Sri Lanka and I think it's quite common globally is very much from a um, it's a very male space. Uh, econ economies have a particular way of speaking. Uh, and uh, the analysis also came from that same uh, ideological thinking, which which just which doesn't question things like debt, doesn't even consider that, you know, a, a country could um, not repay if they are in crisis doesn't question the economic model of being so dependent on on imports and exports these are all givens it doesn't question the financial system or the banking system but tries to make it efficient so that those were the kind of conversations that were happening the analysis that was happening about how to restructure the debt how it's inevitable to um uh, go to the IMF, etc. So we came together to see whether we can come up with other priorities based on women's everyday realities. For them, this foreign exchange crisis is very far away. For them, the prices in the shop, uh, in the local shop, is what was hitting them. Um, so the recommendations, so first of all, uh, in our everyday, we could see that there is like impending like starvation. Uh, we are heading towards that and we need uh, food basically not money money means nothing now uh, so actual food supply should reach people and so that's why we were asking for a kind of a universal food distribution program to be rolled out using some of the existing social security schemes but has to be broader right um, and then Sri Lanka is also special that we do have public health care, which is very good. We do have free education, which is really good. So we don't want those um, undone. We, in our statement, chose to focus on the humanitarian crisis, as we called it. We did recognize there was a huge political crisis as well. Um, and I think some of the feminists who are uh, part of uh, those um, um, struggles have also said like to and we too said to we have to build confidence in the democratic structures in state institutions right now um, that's the only way that we can face this crisis the next time I spoke to Sarla was after nearly a month by then the protests against the government had ballooned 
Gogota Gamas had come up. Uh, shortly after our conversation in May, within days, violence broke out between supporters of Mahinda Rajpaksa and protesters. Several were injured and at least eight people died. The previous time, Sarla had said that while she was fully behind the protests, she feared that a collapse of the government would leave no one accountable. So, Sarla, you know, one of the questions I think we need to also address is um, when we are talking about a disaster and a crisis such as what is happening in Sri Lanka right now, we recognize that, in fact, it's affecting everyone, right? Regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of uh, uh, sexuality, uh, regardless of ethnic identity. So I think the question that I wanted to understand uh, is why is it necessary then to look at this crisis from a gender lens? Uh, There is a invisibility anyway, which is structural, which is historic of both contribution of women um, in, for, for kind of economic uh, um, uh, growth and also the burden that women bear, which is invisible in a kind of a, a well-functioning capitalist economy. And this, in with, when I say burden, I mean the invisibility of care work, reproductive work, um, sex work, uh, all of that which is not calculated or valued. So that is in a let's say in a in a in a in a good well oiled capitalist economy. In crisis, um, these burdens also become um, much bigger because the not only is it the poor like who have to swallow somebody called it the bitter pill in the next five years, you know, going moving through the economic crisis, but also women because when there is no food on the table. Uh, and it's up to you to figure it out. There is no state support or anything. Um, the actual kind of uh, care work, uh, the health burden, uh, all that is going to be, it already is uh, on, on disproportionately uh, on, on women's uh, kind of, it's on their plate. Sarla, could you tell us a bit about what were the first signs of the impending crisis uh, according to you, what did you catch? I think uh, for some years now, uh, uh, there has been an economic analysis saying that this is going to happen. Um, I think even, I would say even me included, I mean, yes, theoretically I heard that, but this kind of faith that this I. I don't know why I had that faith, but this faith that this capitalist system, no, it's it's really not going to collapse. You know, like uh, somehow it, it will manage the debt kind of uh, feeling was there. So I think we were dealing with the um, COVID-19 response and Sri Lanka is one of the countries I think who had a very good response in terms of vaccine rollout because we have existing public health systems that work right so then even though you know this it goes a little bit um, um, back in your mind and you're dealing with COVID-19 crisis so you I mean that itself had you know um, impacts like you also described from India, lack of work, lack of food, etc. And the state did roll out relief programs in that context. Um, so then you you have a kind of, you have a functioning state that is 
it is not adequate, obviously, but is, is rolling out relief programs in the COVID-19 crisis, is rolling out a fairly uh, good vaccines program, has secured the vaccine. So, you know, you know that, yes, there is this uh, crisis that is has not gone away, that is going to hit at some point, but your everyday reality is, is that things are functioning. Um, I think uh, the the last month has, in in many ways, made the situation really worse uh, in terms of accessing basic food because the costs keep increasing. Um, and uh, today, I was talking to two women leaders who work with the locally can't afford rice anymore. Like to even imagine that reality of um, not being able to buy rice. Uh, which is like an everyday staple uh, is quite uh, it creates a lot of fear and panic the the last time we spoke you had talked about the the need for food security you had uh, mentioned some of the demands that feminists such as yourself were thinking of and coming up with and one of them was the need to expand social security networks including, for instance, yes. food security. I mean, the government has put out a kind of a proposal uh, of increasing social security um, for each scheme, like they've increased it uh, by a couple of thousands. But I mean, the thing is, given the rate at which inflation is increasing, this is meaningless. Uh, it's almost like, you know, um, kind of a token to show, oh, we have taken the poor people into account. Uh, and the, whoever is on these social security schemes now will get an increase. So it could be the disability allowance, it could be the elders allowance, it could be the social security allowance. But you have to already be on these schemes, which many people are not. And given the current economic crisis, many people have fallen into poverty in the last couple of months. Uh, they are not going to be able to access it. And secondly, whatever is being proposed is cash grants, which is not what we are asking for, because cash grants are meaningless given the level of inflation. Um, and you are not going to be able to manage your basic food needs from that cash grants. So okay. in terms of the feminist collective, we have this, we've chosen to focus on social security so at the moment, we're looking at data, we're trying to get the budget allocations, and we want to have a strong statement out to, to look at what is already there and how that should be rolled out, like increase the amount, it should be in kind, not in cash, and also uh, to cover, uh, uh, it should be universal. So that's one part of it. Uh, then I know that women are, not just women, but groups are talking about uh, collectively uh, 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 growing uh, and sharing food, uh, at least at a very local level, and maybe trying to negotiate with local traders and markets about having a fair price and also storing for domestic consumption without everything being taken out by kind of the big companies out of the rural areas. This is your host, Thamini, signing off. You can reach me on Twitter at Dhamini or on HD Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. To listen to more podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. 
This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not.